The Theonauts, episode 16. The one where we don't pray before supper and David gets a bellyache. The Theonauts Podcast. Christian news from around the globe. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. It is the glory of God to conceal a thing, but the honor of kings is to search out a matter. Explore the vast reaches of God's Word. Welcome, Theopods! <laughs> Theopod heads. Yes. <laughs> Pod heads, not... Uh, <laughs> yes. Excuse me. Whoa! <laughs> Let's back it up a little bit. So I'm David Gaddy. I'm Jeremiah Orr. And together we are the, the Theonauts Plus One. Hello. Yes, my son Kevin Gaddy is in the studio with us. The son in whom he is well pleased. How's it going, Kevin? Yeah, I'm good. How are y'all? Good. We're great. Kevin says he may not speak, but <laughs> he's here in case he does. He is an ever-present person. So that's a good thing. It's not true. <laughs> that is a true. Okay, anyways, so uh, how'd your week go, David? Oh, it's been going great yeah? since, what was it, 30 minutes ago we finished recording <laughs> the previous episode. <laughs> we, we, had a, we had a conversation about, so we just talked about our week. What do we talk about next? This is yeah, but we got, we got nothing. <laughs> nothing. My, my week's been all right. Oh, what how's, you how's your week been, Kevin? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's been okay. I haven't really done that much. <laughs> <laughs> Did you, uh, you know what? You know what I forgot to talk about? What's up? We went on Monday, me and Kevin. Kevin kidnapped me. That's Actually, true. he kidnapped well, me in my car. So Yeah. However that works. <laughs> but we went all the way to, what? where was it, Allen? This plan out. Plano. Yeah. Yeah, Plano. You know, we, we live outside of Dallas about an hour. And we went out. Uh, Plano, he's like, dude, you, you got to come to this store. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> he's like, no, I'm serious. You'll go insane when you go to the store. And I'm like, all right. So we get in our car and we drive all the way out there. What's it called? Uh, Madness Games. Madness Games. And it's so half of the store is dedicated to gaming, all types of gaming, like. Like everything, board games, uh, RPGs, RPGs right? Everything. Yeah, and then the other half is my world. It's comics. <laughs> There's a whole wall of just nothing but comics. I lost myself in there pretty much. I'm gonna have to go there. I, I checked it out on the website. Kevin showed it to me. It's it's it, it feels like going to Comic Con <laughs> whenever you want. It, Pretty insane. Yeah, it's awesome. So speaking of Comic Con, yeah, you got the Comic Con going on. That's right. right. Now. I wish I was in San Diego right now. Yeah. That's all I can say. Well, you know the thing about the thing about that is it's become so mainstream and huge. I don't even know what it is, what anymore. it would be like because um, you know you have to like buy those tickets way in advance and wait in line forever. Right. <laughs> I saw interviews with people who are waiting in line. Yeah. They were like, so is this fun? He was like. uh... I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually read an article about it, and the guy was basically said, you know, nobody knows what Comic-Con is anymore, because it's not all about comics. It's really not science fiction anymore. I mean, they bring in cartoon characters it's now. It's pop culture than it is anything. Now. Yeah, it's pop culture con, and I mean everything. Mm-hmm. There's nothing that's not... Like, it's, it's where you go to announce new movies. Right. Like, all these movie studios show up there. and It's huge. It's not anything like it used to be. Right. And, and even, you can't even make fun of people for dressing up anymore. Because right. now cosplay is a huge subculture in the in a, a major... Right. And, and it, I've been noticing, uh, like, for the Dallas Con, Con when it showed who all guests, it's, guests are going to be there, they have, like, uh, famous cosplayers. Yeah, <laughs> as a guest, that you can go and get their autograph. Like, right. Why would I want an autograph of a just because you dress up like <laughs> an anime character? You totally look like Xena the Warrior Princess. Yeah. I want your autograph, Pikachu. <laughs> <laughs> so crazy, yeah. but man, I tell you what, I I still love it. Uh, 
I'd, I'd love to be there today. Oh, yeah. Especially the whole Ninja Turtle stuff. You know, it's T-minus <laughs> two weeks until the movie drops, and I'm like on the edge of my seat waiting for this movie. I watched I watched new stuff on it all the time. Today, <laughs> I actually found out that the Ninja Turtles, the new theme song, it's mm-hmm. called Shell Shock. <laughs> it's a rap again, and uh, I remember that from the old video game. Yeah, every time you would die, oh shell shock. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is called shell shock, and uh, it's these rappers, and it hit number one. It's number one in the charts right now. Wow. So, what's crazy is they're like it's 1990 all over again, because the number one song in 19 was it 1990 or 1991? 90, I think it was. Yeah, Vanilla Ice. And uh, his <laughs> Go Ninja rap. <laughs> and also the Cold War was... Turtles, Turtles, baby. <laughs> Turtles. Ninja, Ninja, rap. I, I watched that video this morning. It was kind of reliving my childhood. I know. Kevin shaking his head. What's wrong with this guy? But it's it's exciting times. The Ninja Turtles are back and they're better than ever, so right, right. we'll see what happens in the movie. But uh, we probably need to hear a Finding Christ in cinema. Uh, on on the Ninja Turtles. The Ninja, that's what we should do. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's fill you guys in on what we're talking about here. <laughs> okay, Jeremiah and I had a conversation with Michael Hansen over at the Great Commission Transmission Network, the yep. GCT. Great Commission and Transmission. <clears throat> we are going to go ahead and throw it out there. We <laughs> partnered up with these guys, and we, yeah. we told you that there were, was news coming a couple of weeks ago, and uh, we're making that a reality. Starting in August, right. we are the Theonauts is going to be part of the Great Commission Transmission Network. Woo! Can I hear We're it? on a network. Can I hear a hallelujah? Hallelujah! Woo! Praise the Lord. <laughs> Pass the biscuits. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, anyway. <laughs> so anyway, uh, we're ex- super excited about this partnership. Yeah. It's going to be awesome. It's, um, I think it's going to do good for both our show and for their show. And one of the things that is just uncanny in our discussions with Michael is he and I have like so much in common, it's unreal. Yeah. I mean, it's like the Holy Spirit is working overtime in these God moments. Yeah. We're, we're in conversations like, you too? Really? You... It, we come from almost the exact same background, mm-hmm. from the same type of. We were raised in the same type of churches. We are now in the same type of mindset uh, that is in a little bit of a reform of what we've always thought. And there's, so it's like wow, it, it's like one thing after another. We're right. coming up with logo ideas, wanting to try, try and, and come up with some branding and stuff. And our ideas were the same. Wow, it's just really weird. Wow. And so I, I can't. We can't ignore that, right? And you know, and it it, it doesn't uh, detract the fact that uh, man. I tell you, their 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 podcast, Finding Christ in Cinema, is probably one of the best I've listened to. I, I love it. I, I eat it up. And so uh, the last one I've, I've listened to, I haven't listened to the newest one. I hear there's a shout out about me on the newest <laughs> one. But uh, the last one I listened to uh, um, was. Uh, um, how to train your dragon and I loved what they were doing with unity in that right. one that was really neat so anyways a subject that David and I have touched on about a million times so yeah. we love that but, but there's you know so much of a mirror type of thing going on yeah. between uh, the relationship between Michael and Brendan yeah. and the relationship that yeah. you and I have that's right that it's I think that it's just really cool yeah it's pretty neat so, it's uh, definitely a God thing so, so you guys out there uh Pray for us all that, that this is going to be uh, something that will glorify Christ. That's right. what we're shooting for Amen. here is, is um, the idea of taking the Great Commission onto the information superhighway. Yep. <laughs> and so uh, Michael's got great vision about, mm-hmm. about the network, and so I think that, uh, that it's a great, great move. I think so, it is, too. All right, you want to kick us off with some news? Let's do it. And now, the news. So I've been uh, checking out World Affairs, and I just found out that uh, I read this from the Huffington Post. Um, the headline is, ISIS destroys Jonah's tomb in Mosul, Iraq. 
as militant violence continues. Isis as in the go- Egyptian goddess? Isis is in the Egyptian goddess. No, you guys haven't been reading the news lately, have you? Isis is in the Egyptian. No, Isis, the uh, the uh, rebel band of uh, Islamist extremists that have been basically overtaking Iraq, okay, uh, yeah. conquering Iraq right now. Um, and well, it's they're kind of like I said, extremists. Mm-hmm. And one of their biggest things is uh, they don't want people deifying uh, these patriarchs. So they they just bombed Jonah's the official Jonah's tomb right. where, where they think that right. Jonah was buried. Right. I'll, I'll read you the <clears throat> the blurb on it. The military group ISIS is continuing its rampage of holy places by destroying the tomb of Jonah, a place thought to be the burial site of the prophet believed by Abrahamic faiths to have been swallowed by a whale or fish. Civil defense uh, officials in Mosul, Iraq, told CNN that ISIS operatives planted explosives around the mosque containing the tomb that de- and de- then detonated it remotely on Thursday. Um, a video posted on YouTube, the uh, authenticity of which has not been confirmed, shows the destruction of the Sunni mosque of the Prophet Yunus, with, uh, which is <clears throat> the Arabic name for Jonah. Mm-hmm. Um, Though ISIS claims to adhere to the Sunni branch of Islam, they have nonetheless targeted multiple Sunni shrines, blowing them up or uh, or bulldozing any place they deem un-Islamic. Um, so I just thought that was pretty interesting. They also it says that they've uh, they uh, blew up the tomb of Daniel, I guess, or they're they're trying to. Wow. So it's just crazy to me that I, I don't know. You know, and, and my thing is, who knows? Is that where? Is that where Jonah's buried? But if it is, I mean, that's kind of kind of sad. So yeah, that's kind of messed up. I thought it was pretty pretty jacked. I up. just had these weird ideas of you know the nineteen seventies kids show ISIS. You know? <laughs> I never saw the nineteen seventies kids show. I well, have no idea. What you're about. <laughs> yeah, you're you dating yourself so bad. I imagine a bunch of cartoon characters going about and bombing. Lost. <laughs> no, this is kind of like Wonder Woman. She was like, you know, really? Yeah, she she had like uh, she was like a, a teacher by day, and she had this amulet that would turn her into and her name ISIS, was ISIS, and she would fly around and save people <laughs> or blow up or blow up mosques with Jonah's burial. <laughs> oh, that's wow. Okay, so uh, that's one of my things. I uh, man, I have so much news. The the uh, this comes from Christianity Today. Um, and do, introducing the Bible now with less. <laughs> that's the headline. Let me read this. To you. We cut out the parts we don't like. That's right. Delete the chapter and verse numbers. Kill all the notes. Make it one column. Make a million bucks. That's the I, under headline. I'm down with that. I'm totally I'm down with that. Down with that's that. their their. Okay, read that again. <laughs> says, okay, introducing the Bible, now with less. Keep up with me, David. Okay. Delete the chapter and verse numbers, kill all the notes, make it one common, column, and make a million bucks. Okay. That's what, and so I guess there's this guy on Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. And, uh, okay, so I'll read you the, if you watch Adam Lewis Green's Kickstarter campaign page for more than a couple of seconds, you can see the number of pledges pop higher. With... Two days left, Green's goal of raising 37000 to print a Bible designed and crafted for reading, separated into four elegant volumes, and free of all numbers and notes has been, has been met several times over. In fact, it just surpassed $1 million. Wow. So There's I guess, a lot of merit in that, actually. Oh, there's mm-hmm. tons of it. I love it. Um, basically, his, his thing is... Um, they go on and interview him, and they say, so what are you doing? He's like, well, basically, we gripe and complain that people aren't reading their Bibles. But when we look at it, we realize what the Bible is, mm-hmm. um, what we've done to it. We've, we've created a reference book. Exactly. Yeah, instead of a, instead of instead a, of a book. narrative. It, it doesn't read like, like a narrative anymore because of the verses and chapters, the way it is. So <clears throat> what he's proposed to do is to make it into a readable book and he said he did this for himself and what happened was and there have been other books like this on the market uh, this isn't the first time this has happened but his is kind of I guess it's unique because it's, it's Kickstarter exactly Kickstarter it's a good idea it's 
brilliant. And uh, like the message has done this, but the message is more of a paraphrase. Mm-hmm. What he's done is he's taken, I think it's all American standard, okay. um, but he's taken it and put it into readable format so that it reads like a novel. And he said what happened was he not only began reading it more and more when he did this, but he also began uh, retaining a lot more of what he was reading because it, it felt like a novel to him. And understanding it oh, more. Tons Be- more. Because you're not taking verses out of context. Yes. Yeah. That's right. exactly right. Instead of going, let's you know read these two verses out of this passage, it's let's read the passage, like the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. And you can't take verses out of context when you do it. Well, I guess you can. But it, it's, <laughs> it's harder. It's, it's harder to do whenever you read it right. Right. So. And and it doesn't it doesn't read like you know just a list of rules or whatever it reads as an actual narrative passage with a point, right. especially um, uh, the letters mm-hmm. would like Paul's epistles. Yeah, they'd be super beneficial. Sure, from being written like that. Absolutely. So um, so I say, listen, if you guys, I guess he still has a couple days left. If you really uh, you think this would be a great thing, go check out his Kickstarter. Campaign. His name again is Adam Lewis Green, and uh, and give to that because I think this is a I think it's a really good, uh, a really good thing that he's doing, and I think we need to see more of that. And people don't get the fact that when God handed down the Bible, he didn't when they wrote it down, they didn't write those verses, they didn't write those references. In fact, in our last episode, we talked about the history, and we talked about uh, Jerome uh, translating the Bible into Latin. Right. He's the one you can thank for those chapters. Oh yeah, that's right. He's the one who he's the one who broke those into chapters before the original Greek did not have chapter breaks. Yeah. So thanks, Jerome. Way to go, man. Well, and it wasn't until <laughs> yeah, and we'll get to it later. But it wasn't until like 1599 that their verses were added yeah. when the Geneva translation was wow. translated. So I have one more uh, news story, and this one I'm 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 kind of a. Uh, you know, I don't know about this one, but it's uh, it's interesting because of the topic we're talking about today. We're going to talk about prayer. There's a uh, um, this comes from the Christian Post. Um, there's a pastor in Lubbock, Texas, who has uh, invented another app for another Bible app. We've been talking a lot about Bible apps lately, um, but this one, this is the headline. Just read this and think about it. Pastor invents app to count prayer minutes. Wow. Now, here's when I first read that, my first thought was, well, don't I have a timer on my iPhone? What's right. <laughs> what's this for then? <laughs> this one's for prayer minutes, though. Right. <laughs> Anyways, I'll read you the, uh, the blurb. It says, A pastor in Lubbock, Texas, is currently raising money for an app that he believes can change the way people participate in prayer. Logan Fields, the 25-year-old youth pastor at Faith Baptist Church in Lubbock, Texas, is currently... Um, in the fundraising stages of his new smartphone application, Prayer Button. Prayer Button. <laughs> prayer Button. That enables people to pray together <laughs> remotely. He's easy on it. <laughs> easy Prayer Button. You say easy prayer button. I want to pray. Touch my Prayer Button. Okay. That was easy. <laughs> so good. Uh, um, the user can join, and I like this feature, the user can join as many prayer meetings as they wish, and the app calculates how many minutes each user participates in a prayer. The amount of minutes each user prays is then added to several, uh, added to reveal a total for each prayer group. Okay. What's the goal? It, to, to track how long you're praying? Yes, that's the goal. Okay, now here, okay. Fields told the Lubbock Avalanche Journal that showing the number of minutes spent in prayer gives the user confidence to pray more in a similar way that the amount of likes on a Facebook status give the user confidence to express themselves more. Okay. I don't know if I'm... And he references the scripture, pray without ceasing. Yeah. I don't know if I'm in either... It sounds really like okay. So what I want to do is I want to pray. I haven't prayed enough. I better pray some more. Like, and not only that, but I want to show everybody out there how much I've prayed. Right? Oh, is it public information? Yeah. So you join a prayer group. Let's say there's three of you here. Okay. And you say, all right, I'm praying now. You touch the timer. 
and now I stopped. And what it does, it shares that information with you guys, um, so you know how much so I got. Oh, great! So then, you, yeah, you start getting uh, like frustrated because oh, Jeremiah just said a prayer. I yes. guess I gotta do it. <laughs> Peer pressure. Uh, it's like, oh, I guess I better pray. I, oh, I gotta get at least one more minute in than Jeremiah got in, so he knows that I'm a more of a spiritual person. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I guess I can see some benefit to the uh, fact that it's making you cognizant of spending time in prayer. But the thing is, I think it would have an overall negative effect because it would make it a legalism. I mean, it would make it like you're doing it for the wrong reason. You're not doing it because you want to commune with God. You're doing it because you feel obligated. Right. Well, again, that's what, and that's what we're going to talk about today. Maybe we should just get in table that table it and go back to it so that's what i have in the news today cool all right so okay well we're going to talk about prayer right and uh so (laughs) well what did you have in mind jeremiah i had a i had a lot in mind basically praying um (laughs) I want to. Uh, That's the end of our podcast. Have a great day. <laughs> you guys spend more time in prayer. We'll see you next week. <laughs> so when we were in the meeting, there, with there's a new app coming out that can help you. <laughs> Just get it. It's an easy button. It's an easy prayer. No. Um, when we were in our meeting uh, with, uh, uh, Michael? with Michael, yes. Uh, there was just we were we were talking back and forth conversing and we kind of mentioned prayer for a second and then we prayed together and but it was oh, okay really hang nice. on one second because before we get into this <laughs> yes I lost my train of thought earlier uh oh so I want to go back to this just for a second okay because you said we can do what was it the Ninja Turtle movie or whatever yes and, and, I, and I said oh, let me explain that and then I never did yeah you never did <laughs> okay in our partnership with the GCT network one of the things that we decided we were going to do is we're going to guest star on their show. Right. And they're going to guest star on our show. Right. And so we're going to do this, you know, pretty soon. But anyway, the idea is we, we get to pick the movie that we're, we're going to bring gonna, the movie. That we're going to review. <laughs> and they're going to pick the theological uh, topic that we're going to discuss on our show. So yeah. anyway, sorry, back that up. If I, had the, <laughs> if I had the sound effects that Michael likes to use. I'll just make them with my mouth. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Okay, today we're going to be talking about prayer. Prayer, that's right. <laughs> so in our conversation with Michael, we kind of mentioned, you know, it's it's really interesting, that whole topic of prayer. What do we pray for? Why do we pray? What's the, you know, if we understand that God is sovereign, and mm-hmm. we get the fact that He uh, is in control of everything, what's the benefit for us in in going to the Lord in prayer? What is the whole, right. what's the whole concept? Why? And in fact... Um, I'm really fascinated about this. I actually started reading a book. Uh, I read a book. I read a book by a man by the name of... Robertson? No. (laughs) A man by the name of Dr. David Jeremiah on prayer. It was a really good book. Um, And uh, basically, so he went through and he he just explained the the points of prayer. He he used some historical significance and some people with the Great Awakenings and all that. Um, Jeremiah Canfield, who started the Second Great Awakening... um, he talked about Jonathan Edwards, who was the catalyst of the First Great Awakening, and the point that these men prayed all the time. And it wasn't some showy thing. It was it was prayer. It was fervent prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was the catalyst for these movements, these Great Awakening movements. And, and then he discussed what is prayer. And, and um, I mean, it was, it was really, it helped me understand this. Uh, in, a, in a greater light, and so a prayer is actually one of the things that the disciples ask Jesus in in John. They say, "Lord, teach us to pray." It's one of the things that they specifically ask him for, right? As a teacher, because it's like what they didn't know how exactly, right. and and that's I think that's really part of it. I really believe that they understood, you know, the history of of Jewish prayer. They they got the concept of. of what it was, but that I think they really struggled to understand the meat, how we pray, right? And, uh, and they noticed, you know, different ways and, and all that. So um, I I really started studying Matthew six, and that's where I really wanted to go today. And then we can just okay. discuss a little bit. Matthew six, 
starting in verse 5, this is what Jesus says. And this is actually, in John, this is the answer that Jesus gives, but here it's part of the overall, the first uh, the first teaching Jesus gives in Matthew called the Sermon yeah. on the Mount. Right. Um, and uh, Or the first discourse that he gives. And uh, this is, it's, so it starts out and it says this, When you pray, you must not be like the hypocrite, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues, and at the street corners, that they may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door, and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees you in secret will reward you. So this is his first warning he gives out to his disciples. And this is what he says. Listen, when you're praying, don't be like the hypocrites. And the people he's calling the hypocrites right here are the Pharisees. Right. We see later in chapter 23 where Jesus just nails them. Rails, yeah, rails on the Pharisees. I love, picture Jesus angry. That's that's Jesus angry right there in chapter 23. But for for right now, he's, he's calling them hypocrites. And we... I think we went over this before. The term hypocrite means uh, basically playing a game, putting on a mask, being something that you're not, pretending. Right, right. And, 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 and it's not even necessarily pretending. It could be um, in your heart, you still you think you've got it together. Exactly. You but, think you're doing the right thing. But, it, but in reality, you're, there's another motivation. Right. Or whatever. So, like, uh, that's part of what we were just talking about with this app. Exactly. It's like, could it lead to exactly what Jesus is telling them not to do? Not to do, which right. is they were in. Why did they want to be here? Heard, what was their I mean, purpose? The, so, if you lift it up, right? Exactly. If you look <laughs> historically into this, what was happening? What was going on at the time? Um, you notice Jesus says, "Don't stand and pray." Uh, they love to stand and pray at the synagogues and in the street corners. Mm -hmm. This is what would actually happen. Um, we know this from history. Uh, the Pharisees. We understand that the Jewish prayer, their biggest thing, they like to do what Daniel did. They use that as a, a pattern. They pray three times a day, okay? Mm -hmm. In the morning, in the afternoon, at noontime, in the evening. It's also, I think, I may be overstepping my bounds, but I really do believe this is where we get our meal prayers from. We pray breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Right. That whole idea, okay? Um, I Can't actually, eat that food unless it's been blessed. Exactly. <laughs> You would choke to death and die. You'll get a tummy ache. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but anyways, but here's what the Pharisees would do: they would plan their day around their prayer schedule. Mm -hmm. So they would be at the most public place when it came time to pray that they could be. Right. So what they do is, oh, it's time to pray. Fancy that. I'm standing in the middle Excuse of a busy me. street corner. <laughs> All right, everybody, I'm going to pray now. And they would lift up their prayer. Oh, God the Father, I thank you that I'm not like that hypocrite, that heathen over there. I tithe and I do this and I do that. Look at me. I'm so smelly. And all the... Okay, so anyways, uh, basically they would put on a show. Right. So their motive was not communication with God. Their motive was not to know the heart of God the Father. Their desire, their motive above everything else was to be seen and glorified by others. Right. And the root of that is pride. So again, this app thing. Yeah, we, and we keep coming back to that. It, pride is like the central sin. It's like the sin oh, that, yeah. that fuels all these other sins. Right. You know, I, I don't want people to look bad on me. I want people to look look up to me. I, w I want to be seen as uh, a righteous person, yeah. as a good Christian. Or And this has caused so much problems. Yeah. And it's 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 at the heart of this particular That's issue. That's right. Well. well, and what they're doing is they're basically negating prayer altogether. Because what is prayer if it's not an admission that you need something else? Right. <laughs> That's a good point. What is prayer if it's not going... God, I, I need you. I can't do this on my own. I'm not, I'm nothing. I have to, I have to converse with something higher than myself in order to make it through the day. Mm -hmm. That's what prayer is. And what they're doing is they're making it all about them instead of all about God, Father. Right. And so, um, you know, that that's Jesus's first warning. He says, don't do that. Stop it. Right, quit that. Okay, don't be like those those hypocrites. And and so the second warning. This is what he says in verse seven. 
And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Okay? Wow. And what this basically is saying is, um, now we understand from, from history that uh, the heathens, the Gentiles, uh, we could call them heathens, and I like calling them Gentiles because it's not and, as... And it, well, and in this area, it's going to be the Greeks. Right, okay. That's, that's primarily who they're referring to. So who did the Greeks worship? All kinds of things. All kinds of things. All different types People of... People, too. Gods, <laughs> and, right? They, they worshipped, uh, well, Greek, Greek gods. And basically, um, when they would pray to their Greek gods, they would have to do certain ceremonial type things, right? Mm-hmm. They, and they would chant certain ceremonial chants, okay? This is what Jesus is talking about whenever he says, don't be like the heathens and repeat vain, repetitious Words, Yet, I think this is a really fundamental problem in our churches today, especially our traditional churches. You have to say these specific words. <laughs> we got these things memorized, yep. man. We do. And, and so much so that oftentimes we only know what we're saying. That's right. I'll give you a good example. I grew up, I grew up in a Christian home where we prayed at every meal. Mm-hmm. And I always bring it back to this because this reminds me more of any anything else. Vain repetition. This is my prayer, Lord. Thank you for the food we're about to eat and the hands that prepared it. Please bless it for the nourishment of our bodies. Um, in Jesus' name, Amen. I have said that exact same prayer so many times, <laughs> right? Word for word. <laughs> if that's not vain repetition. I don't know. And usually I'm thinking about what? The the food. Yeah, the food. <laughs> exactly. If there's a Sooner game I want to watch on the TV while I'm eating my chicken wings, I'm thinking about the Sooner game. Or, you know, I'm thinking about anything other than this. I'm not concentrating on prayer. And I really believe to the point where I quit praying over meals for a time. I stopped because it was it's kind of pointless. And sometimes I, I won't pray over a meal. Because to me, it's it's an affront to God. Yeah, if you're not going to mean it. I mean, if you're not going to, you're right. You know, a lot of times we have we have examples of Jesus praying before his meal, uh-huh. right? But it was always about, and this is one thing that that's always that that I think about a lot in these meal prayers is I think it needs to be about Thanksgiving. Yeah. What do we usually pray for? Bless this food. Yeah. Like it's going to be unblessed. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can have some rancid meat on that table. There's right. no amount of praying for blessings. It's going to make it good to eat. I love the... Like, yeah. Just in case it's poison, yeah. help me survive this. The comedian Tim Hawkins, have you ever heard him? I love it when he's like, Lord, bless this... 5,000 calorie hamburger from McDonald's I'm about to eat. You know, and somehow he's going to change it into some nourishment. You nourish my body exactly. with all this fatty grease. Exactly. Because I know that it's, you can make it happen. Is it, as it goes right to my hips. Oh, wow. And, and so, you know, to me, the biggest thing about, about uh, prayer at a meal is about being thankful that you're eating. Yeah. yeah, that's the big thing for that's me, good. and especially having touched people in this world that don't get a meal like that three right. times a day. Yeah, yeah, and can't. Right, and and then I I I look at what we're doing, and sometimes I'm thinking, is it even a blessing? Hmm. That that I'm eating, or is this just mere gluttony? I'll give you. Yeah. A, I was watching, a, what was it, MasterChef yesterday, and I had this huge thought. People in third world countries are starving, and we've made food into a reality show here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That blows my mind when I was watching this, because this guy, they're about to cut into this fish, and he's like, oh, by the way, that's a $450 fish you're cutting into. And I'm like, oh, $450 halibut or whatever it was because it was fresh from Maine and you know wow it's just amazing to me yeah, yeah I, I, I have thoughts like that all the time gosh like uh, we, you know we were at Whataburger the other day yeah one of the kids his order was wrong and the only thing that was wrong with it 
was it didn't have any condiments on it. Right. So we had, how many kids were there? Oh, there were 30? We had 30-something kids in this water burger. Yeah. And he refused to eat this food and had to go up and have him change his order. Yeah. That's and, right. And it took forever to get a change because we had so many people there. I was just thinking, I mean, there's so many people who would kill to eat that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and I don't even know what they did with the. I don't know if they just added condiments or got rid of it. You think about how much waste we do, and the reality is, then we pray over it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm going, mm, what an affront! But anyways, this is about prayer. Not we should do one on hungry hunger, right? Sometime, but uh, yeah. So first warning again: don't be like the hypocrites. In other words, don't pray to be heard by others, but right. pray to be heard by God. Yeah. The second one is don't make repetitious prayers thinking that you're going to somehow make God do something. Like God's going to be impressed by you. Exactly. <laughs> because you spent 10 minutes in right. prayer instead of two. Right. So, you know, the app again. Right. <laughs> it's like, okay, so I don't have anything else to say, God. So... <laughs> How can I keep Please the minutes help. running? Please help the Sooners this year. <laughs> <laughs> now, I do think that God might be okay with that. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm totally joking. But, uh, yeah, so those are the two warnings he gives. Okay? And then he, he goes into this instruction period about how to pray. And this is what, I mean, I love because it's just a simple, basic instruction. Right. Okay? And then starts out with our father in heaven and people know this is the lord's prayer mm-hmm. david doesn't like to use that term right what do you use for it you call it something else because you call the lord's prayer the prayer no i don't mind what we were going to call this <laughs> i just call john 17 the lord's, lord's the prayer. real the lord's real lord's prayer. prayer that's right this is jesus teaching you how to pray <laughs> <laughs> it anyways is the Lord's prayer. Here we go. Okay. So it starts out, our Father in heaven. So obviously we're praying to God. Everyone bow their heads. <laughs> Holy is your name. Holy hallowed be thy name. Mm-hmm. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Okay? So take that first little chunk. Okay. What is what is Jesus establishing here? The fir- very first thing he does is he uh, he he positions God and he positions us. Right. Okay? So he makes the prayer about God the Father, mm-hmm. and he he shows us where our place is. Here, here's another thing I see in this that I think is really cool. Yeah. The pronoun he uses is our. The possessive pronoun he uses is our. Yes. Not my. So this has so to good. do with unity. This has to do with corporate. Mm-hmm. Prayer is a corporate thing. Mm-hmm. We're all together. Mm-hmm. And he's saying our father as the example instead of it just being my father. This isn't a selfish thing between you and God. You're right. And something even bigger than that that blows that as soon as he said our father I, I have a picture in my mind. Jesus is teaching this, mm-hmm. and as soon as he says "Our Father," now he's heard um, he, the disciples have heard Jesus refer to God as His Father. Mm-hmm. This is the first time he's referred to God as "Our" plural, us, our Father. The word he uses Which has a Father. connotation the, of "You're my family," "You're exactly, my brothers." That blows them up. So right. I imagine. What you hear as soon as Jesus says that is a bunch of murmuring. Mm. Did he just say Father? Did he say Abba? Did he say whenever we pray, we we pray Abba, which means Father or Daddy, right? right, right. In in the the Hebrew, right, mm-hmm. Abba. What he's saying is we have that kind of connection with God the Father. Nowhere had they ever prayed Abba before. Right before this, it was Lord. Yeah, Lord that, God, and it's not that he's not Lord. Yah. But but yeah, but but it was only he was only addressed as Lord and not addressed as a a, a, familiar, a familial type of yeah of a father figure right. and and this this is revolutionary to them they're they're blown away by this right. I believe because it it makes it so personal mm-hmm. for the first time ever they have a personal audience with God the Father right we have a personal audience with 
Father God. Beautiful. Anyway, so, our Father in Heaven, how be the first thing that they focus on is worship. Your name is holy. God, you are above everything else. Uh, so the first thing I believe, whenever we, we begin prayer, we need to focus on worship. Mm-hmm. And just adoration of God, who He is. Right. And then the second, right after that, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as is in heaven. So what happens in heaven? I have this image of heaven. What happens in heaven is God gives a command, and what happens? It just happens. It happens. Mm-hmm. And what we're praying is, God, we want that kind of uh, that kind of kingdom submission. Submission. We, yeah, exactly. we we want to submit totally that's to right. Your will. Right. So that's what that's the first thing we pray for. Right after we worship God, we say, "I want." To be, I want to be in your kingdom. I want to be in submission to you, and I want this world to be. Which stop and think about what we pray for. The things that we pray for, our focus is always on keeping things onto us. Yeah, and, and we always get into this idea. Well, you know, well, it's God's will. <laughs> if it's God's will, well, why don't you pray that you will be in His will? Amen. That's that's exactly that's right. what He's saying here. Submit. To God's will, and so that your desires equal His desires. Right, and that you wanted to point out, I believe, John fourteen thirteen. Yeah, uh, just the the where he says there he says whatever you ask for in my name, yeah, I will give to you. Okay, so what have we done in our typical human way of following a rule or whatever? <laughs> this is what we done, Lord. I ask in your name for a Mercedes Benz. Make it gold. <laughs> so, yeah. So it's like, yeah, I sure would like to to win this football game today in your name. And then it's like, no, you're wanting something for you. Yeah. And you're just tagging this little phrase at the end of your prayer, which I grew up thinking, if you don't say the words, in Jesus' name I pray, uh, at the end, it, then your entire prayer was null and void. Right. <laughs> okay, that's, that's insane. That's not, what Je- that's not what Jesus was saying. He was saying, if you ask for something in my name, I will give it to you. That means, in relation to what we're talking about here, being in God's will. That's right. For, so what does it mean to ask for something in somebody's name? Like if you if you bought a car, yeah, and you said, David, I'm going to be busy. I can't go. This it's it's at the dealership. It's ready. I can't go get it. Will you go pick it up for me? Okay. Then I go to the dealership and I say, I'm picking up this car in Jeremiah Orr's name. Right. So and you've given me whatever, and they they understand. Right. I'm supposed to pick it up. It's okay. basically it's an official. Is it mine? No. No, it's not mine. It's mine. It's it's yours because I asked for it in your name. It's yours. I'm getting the joy of driving that new Mustang home or whatever. (laughs) So I I get to participate in the use of it, but it's yours. So when Jesus says, when you ask for something in my name, in other words, you're asking for something for him. Right. You're asking for something that he will benefit from, and therefore you might enjoy the fact that you're being involved in something you're asking for for him. But like if you're asking for that Mercedes, how does that benefit him? It's not. It's just benefiting me and my ego, so therefore I can ask in Jesus' name all I want, and all those are our words. Exactly. And that actually leads us to the very next verse right here, mm-hmm. where he says, uh, So our Father art in heaven, holy is your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Mm-hmm. What it, we're doing is recognizing that every gift, everything we have, right. is from him. So, okay, let's stop and think about this for a second. Give us the food that we need for each day. Exactly. That's the the request that we're asking is in Jesus' name because if we die, we can't serve him. Right. Right. And if we're wanting to serve him, it serves him for us to be alive and fed. Right. (laughs) So when it's saying, give us this day our daily bread, I I love the, the New Century version here says... Just give us the food we need for each day. Right. So that's a far cry from, you know, what we do with 
as much food, like we were talking about before, as much food as we cram in our bodies, and then you know we're constantly just right. you know praying for blessing on it. And you're seeing a pattern here. What you're seeing is what we're doing is aligning ourselves. Mm-hmm. You see a pattern of us going, okay, we need to align ourselves with God's desires, mm. God's wills. And it, it goes starts with who He is. It goes to His kingdom come on earth. It, it goes to, Lord, we are your servant. Whatever we ask for in your name, it's you. It's everything you. And then the very next sentence is, forgive us of our debts as we also forgive our debtors. Wow. That's scary prayer if you stop and think about it. Yeah. Because what you're saying is, Jesus or God, do this for me the same way I do it for them. Yeah. Okay. Now, if you're not doing it for them, <laughs> then you're saying, like, for example, if you're an unforgiving person, that prayer is you're, you're asking for God to be unforgiving. Well, yeah. Well, if you go down and look in verse 11, or verse 14, if you skip down a little bit, it says, For if you forgive others their trespass, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespass, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. So this is, and this is not about, well, I better forgive them in order to be forgiven. What What it's about is becoming like Christ. Yes. And so uh, if that's in our mind, so for example, you know, a lot of times when this idea of, of getting into God's will is so important for the Christian. This is called regeneration. Yeah. Your heart changes from somebody who's just trying to get to heaven to someone who wants to be with God and mm-hmm. a personal level and be with His will. So a lot of times when we discuss grace versus works, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and you lean on grace, people say, oh, does that mean you can do anything you want and still go to heaven? The answer is yes, because what you want is what God wants. Exactly. It, it, it's the, the question that I always pose back to is, I don't know. What is it that you want? Right. If you want to sin, if that's your, your, your goal... Right. Then you're not in God's will. Exactly. And it, it, the same works with prayer. Exactly. Okay, so you're telling me that you can pray for whatever you want and God's going to give it to you? As long as you ask for it in Jesus' name? As long as you ask for it in Jesus' name. <laughs> and the, the answer becomes, yes. So what do you want? What is it that your desire is? Because if your desire is aligning with God's, then of course he's going to give you his will. Mm-hmm. That's what he's, he desires for you. So we're seeing a pattern here. And what we're seeing is, well, I'll save it to the end. Let's, let's keep going. Okay. Forgive us our debts as we also forgive them. In other words, God, forgive me of where I've, I've screwed up. And Lord, I, help me to forgive the others of where they've screwed up, messed yeah. up with me. Okay. But the idea is to make sure you get the, the order of those things exactly right. I mean, it's like you're asking God, forgive me. Like, I forgive others. Exactly. And then, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. So, here's a big conundrum. So does that mean that God leads us into temptation? And that, you know, because (laughs) the Bible says that he won't, you know. Basically, what this means is this. Father, I want to follow where you're leading me. Right. Right? And if you're leading me, then it's not going to go... Where I'm gonna, where I'm gonna do something that forsakes your will, deliver me from the evil one. Right. Okay. And the question could, uh, the, the 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 request could also be understood as, help me not to be tempted. Yes. That, that's uh, that's a lot of what what it's, you know, God says I am not going to uh, tempt you to fail or, or to to, but what it's saying is. Help me not to be tempted. Right. Help me to uh, get past that. Exactly. And protect me from the evil one. And, and the the thing here is protect me from my own flesh as yes. much as protect me from uh, outside forces. Or this, this also could be, you know, lead us not into temptation, lead us not into evil, is, is can also be in terms of don't allow me to go into a place 
where I can't control myself, or I, or I'm going to be tempted, or, right? You know, direct me into a place right. where I can find peace with you, and right. I can be in your will, and I will, you know, help me go where you want me to go. And see, and this is one of the powers of prayer. If you're praying <laughs> this fervently every day, if you're faithful in your prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, the reality is, is God's going to bring that to your mind whenever you're tempted mm-hmm. to go that way. Oh, I prayed, leave me not in temptation. Well, that strip club's right down the street, <laughs> but I'm afraid, leave me not in temptation. Right? Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. It, it's a it's a reminder. That's that's the power of prayer right there. God reminds. So, anyways, but deliver us from the evil one. And we don't have this in my Matthew six ESV um, because it wasn't included in the. Um, the um, what's the name of the text? Uh, the, the the latest uh, the majority text? The no the latest New Testament text. Um, they translate most of this out of and they they cut the out. Sinaitica. Yeah, the Sinaitica. It's mm-hmm. not in the Sinaitica. So uh, more on that in our history. Study. It can be, yeah, more on that in the history. <laughs> we'll get into that. But but I, I still like it anyways. Uh, the end of this is for thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Right. Right. It ends. It starts with praise, adoration. It mm-hmm. ends with praise, adoration. Right. The whole thing, all it is, is simply an arrow helping to point our desires and our wills and align them to His. That's what prayer is. It's aligning our desires to His. And I love that idea. Well, one thing that I think would be cool is, how about if we talk about personal, like where has prayer benefited you in your life? You know, maybe we can all think of something. Sure. That where that has has really hit us. Well, I think for me, I mean, I'll, I'll tell you, um, or brought you more into His will. I sure, guess. absolutely. Um, I didn't get married until I was twenty six, um, and I thought right after high school that I was going to get married. In fact, I had a high school sweetheart. Mm-hmm. I thought she was the one. Then when I left and I accepted Christ when I was night. Uh, 18 or 19 years old 19 when I was in life action that next year I thought I met the one right and all this stuff And so it ended up I was in Hawthorne, Nevada an hour away from the nearest Walmart no prospective girls in the world 20, 22 years old and thinking I'm never going to get married right <laughs> and so what do I do I mean this whole time I'm praying Lord why what's going on here what's, what's Lord I want a girlfriend I, I'm lonely. I need a girl, right? What's going on here? I really, and this is me being as honest as I can be, for two years, sitting in Hawthorne, Nevada, praying my guts out that God would give me a girlfriend. And the reply <laughs> that kept coming back was, wait. Because I believe that God answers prayer in three different ways, just like a father does. Yes, no, or wait. Mm-hmm. Right? He's just like a father, so if you're a you have you have a toddler, and that toddler wants to go swimming, and it's winter, in the middle of winter. And he comes up to you and goes, Daddy, I want to go swimming. Your answer is, of course, well, no. Why? Well, it's freezing outside. He'll die, right? right. But your answer is wait. Okay? <laughs> wait till summer. Okay? Or it can be out and out, no. Daddy, I want to drink that poison. No, that poison's going to kill you, idiot. Don't drink the poison, right? right. Or it's, Daddy... It's after dinner. He's eating all his green beans. He's been faithful. Daddy, I want a popsicle. Yes, son, you can have a popsicle. Yeah. See what I'm saying? Yes, yeah. no, or wait. And I believe that God was just saying, am I not enough to you, for mm-hmm. you? I am. What I'm doing is focusing your heart on me. Right. Because you are so focused on girls that you can't focus your heart on me right now. So over and over I pray, and that would, that would be the answer till the point. That you submitted yourself. That I submitted my <laughs> my will to him. Finally, I went, all right, God, it's going to happen if you want it to happen, if it's not. So what happens? I meet Christina, I believe, like, right, it was right after I finally had submitted. Right? <laughs> and thinking, okay, God wants me to be celibate for the rest of my life. I'm going to be a monk. I'm going to be a monk. <laughs> Start... Start seeing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Start walking around in a brown robe and hitting my head with a board. 
<laughs> and God answered my prayer. And it, I mean, he answered my prayer the whole way, but he gave me the desire of my heart, but it was his desire. Right. It was his will. Exactly. Yeah. And so that, that to me, is a picture of how prayer works. Yeah, I that's amazing. see that to this day. So it's good. That's me anyways. So. <laughs> you got one, Kev? I got plenty. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, there, there's all sorts I could talk about. But um, probably one of the, the biggest that's impacted me was... Back in February, I went to Haiti. Was it February? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Back in February, I went to Haiti. And um, I suffer from uh, tons of anxiety and depression issues. And because of this, I was having lots and lots of doubts about going to Haiti to the fact where I almost, I just, I, I plain said I didn't want to go. And uh, this was... This had to be a day or two before we left, and I just didn't want to go, and I woke up, and I was just angry because I didn't sleep well because it was all I was thinking about, and uh, I said a prayer. I said, uh, God, if I'm meant to go on this trip like tomorrow, (laughs) then give me a sign. So I get out of bed, I take my shower, I get in my car, and I start heading to the coffee shop. Now, my house and the coffee shop is about two, three miles away from each other. Not long distance at all. And I didn't say this prayer, but 10, 15 minutes before this. But I'm driving to the coffee shop. My phone starts ringing. And uh, I look down at my phone, and uh, my friend Kyle is calling. And uh, he's one of the guys who's going with us. And uh, back when I lived in Missouri... Uh, he helped me out a lot with my, my depression and anxiety. So uh, this is a man who, who means a great deal to me, and I respect, respect greatly. Yeah. And uh, I see his name pop up on my phone, so I answer it. And he says, hey, I was just making sure uh, you're still feeling all right about this trip. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, boy. Wow. So I started talking to him. And he goes, I was telling him about my, my doubts and whatnot I was having, and he said, well, I'm not here to put any pressure on you, and I'm not here to tell you what to do, but just know if you don't go, you might or might not get ridiculed by me and some other people quite a bit. <laughs> of course, he said it in a joking manner. Sure. But, um, wow. but if I wouldn't have gone on that trip, man, my... I, I would still be in a completely different place because it was completely life-changing for me. Yeah. And uh, so that was that was a pretty pretty cool thing. It is uh, God knew if Kyle called me, he'd get me going. Right. Well, <laughs> so, and it moved you into God's will yeah. of obedience and where He wanted you to be. Yeah. And then there, there's just there's little stuff. Um, you know, this isn't. A very long story. I was just driving to Sherman one day, and uh, I had uh, Yellow Cards Ocean Avenue album playing. That's yeah. a great. Album. It's a great album. And um, on the way there, I just I just started praying and talking to God because I had stuff on my heart and I needed to let it out. And I just completely stopped paying attention to the music. I wasn't even listening. I was praying, and I got to some really really heavy stuff that was on my heart, and I was like. God, am I ever going to get over this? God, is this ever going to happen? And I, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then all of a sudden, I was just cognizant of what was playing on the radio. And uh, on the Ocean Avenue album, there's a song called Believe. And it was written about uh, firefighters uh, and, and first responders. But the chorus to the song just goes, everything is going to be all right. Be strong, believe. (laughs) It was so mind-blowing to me that I wasn't even paying attention. It was on the radio, and as soon as I got to this heavy stuff, it was like I just... I was suddenly cognizant of what was playing. Sure. And it was... 
him telling me to be strong, believe everything's going to be okay. Yeah, that's, so, that's the way the Holy Spirit works in us, you know. With it, that's right. But, you know, uh, for me, there was a couple of them, uh, short, short ones. That uh, there was one time years and years ago where I was, uh, I had just made this huge accomplishment in my job, and I was very prideful about it. And <laughs> I was coming home, and I was, I was just, you know, roll, you know rolling myself over, you know, in my mind. I was just it's so despicable to think about it. <laughs> but anyway, uh, so anyway, I come home, and um, we had just built the house I'm in now, which is way too big. I spent way too much money. I was just, once again, in the wrong <laughs> mindset. And I, I was driving my vehicle, and it went off into, uh, we had just dug the lateral lines for the septic system, mm-hmm. and the dirt was soft, and, and I accidentally got a little too far over there, and the, both front wheels of my vehicle fell into the lateral lines. Oh, my goodness. And so I didn't have a good jack. Uh, the only jack I had was one of these little bitty twisty things mm-hmm. that came off of a Toyota or something, yeah. and I could not get the, I couldn't get my truck out, and uh, so at first I was pretty patient and calm and worked with it, but then I, I started getting madder and madder and more upset. And my wife comes out, she's like, "What's the problem?" And I'm like, "Well, I'm stuck out here in this stupid truck," and I mean, I'm just like. And so I'm, I, I, we've been there. I, I have know. this little bitty jack, and I can't. It's just sinking in the mud uh, instead of pushing the, yeah. the vehicle up. So finally, I kicked it out from underneath the truck. I grabbed it. And I threw it into the pond. <laughs> and my, my wife said, "If that's the way you're going to act, I'm out of here. You're on your own." Okay. So I'm standing out there with my hands on my hips, looking at the situation, and then I just realized who I was. And it was like, man, I'm an idiot. And so I just left it. And I went over to the, to the house, and I just started praying. Yeah. And my prayer was not, hey, fix it. Hey, get me out of this mess or anything like that. It was just simple submission. It was a prayer of just at, asking for forgiveness. Father, yeah. just you know, help me not to be such an idiot and help me not to be so emotional or whatever. Whenever I said amen, I opened up my eyes. And a friend of mine that I haven't seen in a while uh, had done a, a job for me. And he was coming to collect his pay for it. And he comes pulling up into my driveway in this big dually with a winch on the front of it. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, so awesome. okay, God, I got that message. Because yeah. once I went into his will, once I got to the part where it wasn't about asking for something for me, it was about coming together with him and then the last one I have is just simply it's the thing that changed my life and took me from being caught up in following rules to get to God to understanding his love came in a prayer I was challenged to to ask this prayer Hmm. and the prayer I was even warned beforehand that if God answers this prayer it will change your life so be careful what you ask for (laughs) And the prayer was this simply this. Father, give me just a little bit of the love that you have yeah. for the lost. Yeah. And I prayed that with all my heart. And I've never felt this type of thing before in prayer. But it was physical. Yeah. I mean, I felt like God hit me in the chest with double barrel shotgun, right? I mean, it was like, Bam! I was like injected immediately with emotions I've never had before. And I ended up the next day just listening to the radio and hearing people talk on the radio and I'd start crying because I couldn't talk to them about Jesus. Mm. I was, and I told my wife, I'm losing my mind. I don't know what's going on with me. I, I, and what it was, was it was God bringing me to his will because that's, that's what right. that prayer was about. That prayer was about bringing me to his will instead of me trying to bring God into my will. Amen. That's so, good. And I think that's the bottom line. That's right. Prayer, yeah. so. Wow. Well, a bunch of, a bunch of mule over and think about yeah. with prayer. But so. I'll tell you what, it's, it's awesome that we get to communicate with him and align our will. So, yes. Well, Jeremiah, thanks for the, for the suggestion and the study on that. That 
Well, that's an amazing, yeah, amazing talk. I think. So. Me too. So, Kevin, thanks for being here, thanks, man. Thanks, Kevo. Yep. Anytime you want to <laughs> drop by and just chat with us. That's right. You do it. It's an open door. We have well, open, do- open door policy. That's right. <laughs> so, okay, guys, listen up for us in the next uh, few weeks on the GCT network. Mm-hmm. We're going to be part of that thing, and we're, we want your prayers, and we want because we're we're praying to go into God's will on this thing, man. That's this right. is about filling the Great Commission. Amen. And we hope to do that through this interwebs yeah and 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 be a light into the medium of podcast the darkness there Amen. so follow us on facebook facebook.com slash theonauts hit us up on twitter at theonautical um leave us some voicemail at 972-885-7270 and just chat with us leave us comments on the on the webpage theonauts.podbean.com sure so uh kevin jeremiah thanks for being here no problem we'll see you later all right god bless you guys this has been the theonauts podcast call us with your questions or comments at 972-885-7270